0: You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves.
1: Well, we told you all yesterday we had a good one coming today, and it's going to be a (laughs) barn burner. And uh, we've been uh, looking forward to this for some time. Keith has read through, uh, what, about a third of the book-ish?
2: Something like, yes.
1: And the book is called Courageous Souls. And what we like about this particular book is it speaks our language. It's a book that the author, Robert Schwartz, um, he went and got a number, I think three or four, of trance channels, and he sat down with them and had them channel for him and got information about a number of individuals and what their challenges were in life and why their soul had them have those challenges. In other words, what lessons they were destined to learn. And the basic question is, do we actually plan our life challenges before birth? and a lot of very interesting information that we're going to go over with Robert Schwartz and also information that Keith's going to add to. ought to be a very interesting show. So the book is called Courageous Souls. It is written by Robert Schwartz. And if you'd welcome to the show, Robert, we'll dive in and get some good meat going. How are you doing, Rob?
0: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
1: It is our pleasure.
2: So... Um I guess you call them um, pre-birth planning or pre-birth contracts. Uh, what do you call them and what's it about?
0: Well, the full title of the book is Courageous Souls, Do We Plan Our Life Challenges Before Birth? And the term I like to use is pre-birth planning. You know, it's kind of a funny story. When when I first uh, started writing the book and I was kicking around different titles for the book, mm-hmm. uh, at first I thought I would call it Stories of Pre-Birth Planning, and uh, I, I actually come from a marketing background, a corporate background, so I ran some sample titles past people in uh, an online survey, and it was very interesting because when people heard stories of pre-birth planning, They thought it was going to be a book about the planning that parents do when the mother is expecting.
2: So 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 we're going to get an argument about pro-life and all that?
0: The last thing I wanted was for people to think I was writing a book about parenting, so I had to change the title to Courageous Souls.
2: You know, that's a great title, and um, a lot of times over the years, I, I think that pretty much all of us that come down to the earth school are quite courageous to get in the mix of this soup of limitation and confrontation of our issues, which a lot, much of the earth school, the earth, is about.
0: Well, you know, one of, one of the points that I uh, like to bring up when I talk about courageous souls uh, is that I, I think it's important to mention that the courage really, I believe, is in the execution of the life plan once we get here, not in the creation of it, And the reason I say that is that it's my understanding that our souls are not in a state of fear when they plan our lives. Therefore, they can't be courageous. But we certainly can once we get here, and I think all of us are. It takes a lot of courage to live on the earth plane.
2: Yeah, and and to face it and see it through. And and what we're faced with a lot of times is our weakest areas.
0: Well, that's right. And, And a lot of the stories in Courageous Souls, these are stories of people who come in to learn certain lessons. and In many cases, these are things that they tried to get, quote-unquote, right in previous lives, and they didn't do it to their own satisfaction, and they came back and thought they'd give it another try.
2: Sure. Um, Do you believe that basically everything is meant to be or perfect on this earth, and you know, like, so then when something happens to us, we could ask ourselves, why did this happen, and also... How did I create this for myself?
0: Well, you know, Keith, I I believe that everything is always in perfect divine order, but let's clarify what that means. To me, what that means is, uh, or let me say first what it does not mean. It does not mean that everything is necessarily rosy uh, or quote-unquote good as we would define it from the limited perspective of an incarnate human being. What I think it means is that no matter what kind of choices we make in life, And regardless of whether those choices are consistent with the pre-birth plan or not, I believe that whatever experiences we create for ourselves, those are always the experiences we need for our highest growth and learning. So in that sense of the word, everything is always in perfect divine
2: order. I I think you're right. Charmé, you had like two years shown to you.
1: Oh, man. When I was around... um channel. Well, before I do that, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, airing Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Robert Schwartz, author of Courageous Souls. I had an experience, I remember I told you, Rob, when we first talked that I had been around quite a number of our hours of trance channeling and... At one point, the channel brought through one of the guides who uh, described to me my pre-birth contract for the previous two years. It took pages of notes to write it all down, and I was astounded to discover, for instance, about a year earlier, I had just been urged from the inside out to start doing crystal layouts on people. And I was supposed to, according to my pre-birth contract, at such and such an age, I was supposed to start learning how to use crystals. And, you know, it had just been this, like, natural urge from the inside out that I just followed because it was sort of, like, alive in me. And when I understood it was in my pre-birth contract, I went, oh, my God. So, you know, people often say, well, you know... How do you know what your pre-birth contract is? And, and part of my response, and I guess yours in your book, is also, you know, if you follow your inner urges, you're going to be following your pre-birth contract.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's true, Charmaine. What the experience you've just just described is totally consistent with all of the research I did for Courageous Souls. What I found in, in several years of research for the book is that the life plan is incredibly vast and detailed and intricate. And, uh, you know, as you say, if you were to write it out, it would go on for pages and pages it just uh, to cover a, a two-year span. And uh, then people say, well, you know, if it's so detailed and yet we don't remember any of it consciously, how can we possibly stick to it? Well, I think you just explained that beautifully. The way you, you stick to it, if you want to, is that you follow these inner urges or these promptings, these intuitive nudges that you get, which I believe are communications direct from our soul Or in some cases, they're angels or spirit guides whispering in our ear.
2: Mm -hmm. Exactly. They give us nudges uh, when they need to to help us keep on track.
1: I think when we get off track is when we get those nudges. And then another part of us kicks in and says, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) And that's when we start using that old free will of ours to throw these little mini to major tantrums that we don't want to follow our pre-birth contract we want to go in a different direction.
0: Well, you know, I, I think the, the problem is, and I, I I can speak to this from personal experience, and, and I think this is common, is that we are all socialized to think, and I, I want to emphasize the word think, that we should do certain things in our lives. You know, in my case, uh, career success in terms of financial remuneration was, was a value that I grew up with. And so for a number of years, I was on this corporate track, and, and I thought, you know what i'm supposed to do in life the thing i should do mm-hmm. is is earn a high income and that means that i'm successful but i was very unhappy with what i was doing i felt very unfulfilled and uh, you know my my soul was tapping me on the shoulder i didn't listen and and then it kind of got louder and louder and louder and <laughs> it finally does. i clued into it
2: it does get louder doesn't it yeah it does so rob if if it gets really loud and you don't listen what happens next
0: Well, I I don't want your listeners to uh, to go into feelings of fear over what I'm about to say, but to to answer your question honestly, one of the things I saw in my research is is that sometimes what we would consider something bad will happen, like you will get, uh, say, an illness, and it will put you in bed for a while. And while you're in bed, you uh, you can't really do much else except sit there and think. And so you start to review the course of your life, and maybe you come to some great revelation. Well. This is exactly the purpose that the illness was intended to serve, was to put you there in bed so that you wouldn't be running around, you know, keeping your logical mind busy with all of the distractions right. and illusions of the world. You have to sit there in bed and, and think, and so it, it puts you onto a new course. Now, yep. we would say from our perspective, well, an illness is bad, but if you look, you know, at what's really happening, uh, there is no bad or good. There, there's just a little bit of redirection going on.
2: Yep. I I know a lovely lady that when she was a girl uh she was just got very attached to her horse and her dad and, and a friend and she and all of her life she was just very attached all the time she wouldn't have just normal go in and out the door relationships she just got utterly attached so what about I think uh 12 years old or 9 I'm not sure which Her special horse died, and she was known as a horse rider, and everyone pictured her always on her horse, so they were just close friends. Her horse died, her dad died, her best friend died all within a month. Oh, my. And they were her uh, underpinnings for her self-worth and identity and basically her attachments. What was trying to happen there is that her guides were trying to and, and she's a smart person, we're trying to say, let go. And, uh, she, you know, last I saw her years later, she's still having a trouble with that same lesson. She overly attaches, and then she just gets traumatized.
0: Well, you know, one, one of the uh, uh, stories I saw in my research for Courageous Souls uh, that speaks to that, and, and by the way, let, let me just say for your listeners, we do have a website at CourageousSouls.com, and uh, you can actually download a large excerpt from the book for free on that website. But uh, a story that I saw in my research that speaks to what you're saying was uh, a woman who, I believe she's now in her 40s or 50s, mm-hmm. but a, a number of years ago when, when she was much younger and her daughter was, was younger, I believe the daughter was about seven at the time, they were at a, a swimming pool during the summer, and the mother was lying in a lounge chair by the pool. The seven-year-old daughter was playing in the water. Now, you have to understand that prior to this moment, this is a child who had never said anything unusual. Well, all of a sudden, the girl jumps up out of the swimming pool. She comes running over to her mother, and she says to her, you're not waking up the way you and I planned before we were born, so you're going to have to have a really bad accident. (laughs) And and you can imagine, I mean, the mother's jaw just dropped
1: over the
0: ground. And sure enough, she had a car accident shortly thereafter, which did not wake her up. And a couple years later, she had a worse car accident, which did not wake her up. And a couple years later, she had yet a third and even worse car accident, which finally did wake her up.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh,
0: boy! Isn't that you know?
1: We we offer to our audience all the time. Listen, folks, you can avoid the car accidents. Choose to wake up sooner. Do what you have to do to keep waking up. So I know a a
2: gal back in college, or just out of college. And she was a knothead. She certainly simply wouldn't get certain things, and she was just knotted in there, just stuck, wedged. And so finally, it led up to where she had a um, let's see, a a car ran a red light, hit her right on her side of the car she's driving, and she flew out of the car. The car went way up in the air, landed on top of her, broke her hip and and thigh, and it was it was to break those strongest bones of stubbornness. And she she. She started mellowing out, and then she went back and didn't get it. And I don't know the rest of the story after that, but it was trying to get her to get it. And she saw an angel pick her up right when the jeep fell, and then it put her back under the jeep to to exactly do the the bone exact break.
1: Just specific. Okay, break time. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Rob Schwartz, Robert Schwartz, who's written the book Courageous Souls, Do We Plan Our Life Challenges Before Birth? And he can be found at CourageousSouls.com. Stay with us. We got more.